We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week, I'm talking with Stephen Rannigan, a winner of three separate six-figure high stakes fantasy football grand prizes. This week, our conversation is focused on the 2021-2022 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, a contest that Rannigan finished fourth place overall in two years ago and won the $500,000 grand prize last season. In this episode, we'll discuss the secret to his success, his thoughts on lineup building, and some player analysis on members of the Bucks, Chiefs, and Packers. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2021. That's R-V-R-A-D-I-O-2021. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is the defending, world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge $500,000 champion, Stephen Rannigan. The winner of the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge from last season joins me this week on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Uh, number one, it's 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 Stephen Rannigan who is joining me. He's done this show before, and Stephen, I don't like. It's crazy because. You win the 500K in this last year, but you've already, I mean, that was your third six figure high stakes fantasy football grand prize. Clearly, you're doing something that the rest of us are, are not doing at this point. I mean, because you have just been so successful in this industry. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. First of all, thanks for inviting me on. Um, always a pleasure to join, um, you know, your shows. Um, yeah, yeah, re- really appreciate that. It's very nice of you to say. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the past few years has been good. Um, I, I haven't really this year. I had a pretty good year, but not, you know, not to that level. So you know, some of the COVID <laughs> right, stuff yeah. and yeah, you know, and all that kind of kind of messed with it a little bit. But um, you know, not sure it would have mattered a whole lot. But yeah, just um, things have been going good, and I'm just um, 
yeah, I, I always say I'm still learning all the time, you know, like I'm really, like, I really mean that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as I can, but not trying to overthink it too. Right. I think that, I think you can do that at times. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to kind of stay like centered and balanced in the right spot. Yeah. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working out for you, man. Congratulations on that 500 K you pulled in last year. Um, number one, what did you spend all that cash on? And number two, do you still have any of it left? <laughs> Um, yeah, like, uh, I think on the last podcast that, you know, when I spoke with you and Farrell, I talked about, uh, purchasing a Range Rover. So I did that. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's been, that's been great. Paid, paid that off. Um, and then I, I just basically paid off my house for all intents and purposes. So, um, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then otherwise I really haven't been kind of spending all that much just because I know, you know, there's always the, you know, the, uh, you know, Uncle Sam's always, uh, you know, lurking mm -hmm. around. And um, so, yeah, but nothing, you know, nothing crazy. I, I, I joined a country club also, you know, because I've been waiting to do that. So, um, you know, nothing too extravagant, but, um, you know, just a place to play and stuff like that. So I'm a big golfer. So I'm just, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I've done. You know, not, not overly exciting, but I just tried to be, I tried to be somewhat responsible with it, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, now you're you're living in a house you don't know anything on. You have a brand new Range Rover, and you're golfing a lot more. So I, I think that's a pretty good way to spend. And you still have some money left over too, so that's a good way to spend it uh, for sure. So uh, this contest exactly. specifically, yep. it's it's wild because not only did you win it last year, but the year before you finished fourth overall. And and you know I'd be remiss if if and it's not like you have hundreds and thousands of entries into this contest, like. You have a handful, and, and I just look at it from, yeah. from the standpoint of when, when's the last time that have I seen – I mean, obviously, it'd be big Batoba and the Football Guys Players Championship uh, the two years prior to this one. He goes back-to-back. -back. But it's super rare to yeah. have somebody, especially in a competition like this, have back-to-back -back top five finishes, including the overall title. What, what do you think that – why do you think you've been so successful in this playoff challenge specifically? Oh, man, you know, like I – I wish there was like a direct answer, you know, and I'll tell you, you know, a couple of things is I think some of it is like confidence, like having confidence, you know, when you're getting ready to do something, it's like, you know, your state of mind when you're getting ready, because I have other contests that honestly, I don't really feel like that confident while I'm entering it. And I, and I think it shows sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll look at the team after and I'll say, geez, man, what was I doing? You know, like, I didn't even really <laughs> like, that didn't even make sense looking at it after, you know, like as far as like, you know, maybe I picked someone on this team as opposed to that team. And then it was just, it, you know, it honestly didn't make sense. So I think some of it, and I know it's, you know, like a boring answer, but some of it is confidence. Um, some of it is like, I think just having a feel for like certain formats. Like I know like DraftKings, you'll go into DraftKings and to me, DraftKings can be confusing, right? Like you, you'll look at, you know, there's tons of players to choose from, right? There's a hundred receivers and 130 running backs and, you know, 30 QBs, right? And I think that can get overwhelming. I, I, I think that's the great thing about this contest here at FFBC is that it's, it's. You know, I, I say this over and over again, it's fairly simple, right? You know, you can kind of break it down team by team and, um, you know, sort of go about it your own way, right? I mean, the way someone else thinks about it that finishes second could be just as good, if not better process than, than me who finished first. And the only reason was because some guy hit a 49 yard field goal or something, right? It's not, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and there's, there's luck. Some people say there's not luck. I hear people say, Oh, there's no luck. It's all just you, you know? And like, I mean, what if a guy, 
you know, like I say, like, you know, he, he kicks a 57 yard field goal because a running back dropped like an easy, you know, probably touchdown down the sideline. Right. And then he's kicking a field goal. And to, to me, that's, that's luck. I didn't predict that the running back was going to drop the ball, you know? Um, right. So, so, you know, they, there's the luck element to it. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, you go through, you, you, you know, your thought process and things like that. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of format. It's a little bit of uh, confidence. And then um, just sort of, um, you know, I think some people, you know, and I know we talked about this the last time we talked, you said, you know, you, you know, your lineup wasn't like some like crazy thing out, you know, right. Um, you know, you know, trying to find all these sleepers and all this. Right. So, you know, I find probably people try to get too chalky and then people also try to get, they lean towards the other end. So, and I used to do the same stuff. Not that I, I still do the same stuff, but um, <laughs> you, you know, you, I think people tend to fall, you know, if you put like, you know, like a, you know, sort of a number down the middle and then the outliers, a lot of the people tend to fall in the outliers kind of going that way or the other. All right. So let's get into your lineup last year. I had it in front of me and, and I, and I lost it, but I can tell you this. Um, you four flexes in the playoff challenge now, as of last year, because of the two additional playoff teams, the NFL has added. So, um, you used all four of those flexes on receivers. So you had six receivers uh, on this team. Um, can you kind of take me through the thought process of why you decided to go so heavy on receiver in this competition? And then maybe the chances that you might do the exact same thing again this year. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a, um, I think it's all situational, but I mean, I could definitely do something like that again. Um, there's, um, I think some of it's situational, right? If you look, you, you know, sometimes, you know, every playoffs is different, right? It each, you know, I always say this, each playoffs has its own personality, like not to get off track, but like in this one, I noticed like the amount of tight ends, like it's all the elite tight ends are in this. And from what I recall, I don't remember that always being the case. Um, mm -hmm. but if you look at all these teams, it's like, I think I was looking, there was like eight or nine, like elite tight ends, right? If you look at like Ertz, Kittle, Waller, Gronkowski, um, Kelsey, you know, even the Dallas tight ends, um, you know, so, you know, it, it I, again, sounds vanilla, but it, each playoffs has its own sort of identity. I, you know, is what I call it. Um, so I think last year, you know, it was, you know, just sort of fell that you had, you know, I think you had some up and coming receivers at that time that, you know, that were looking good based on, you know, kind of, you know, how they were going at that point. Right. So um, the way I'd see it, I think, you know, is to look at it like, you know, how do I want to build my team? Right. And, you know, not to say that that's the ultimate way. I think if you, I think you can chase builds too. Like, you know, they say, you know, people chase certain things. Oh, I'm going to chase those numbers from the week before you can chase builds too. Somebody will say, I used to do the same thing. I'd say, Oh, well, the guy last year had 32 running backs. So I'm going to have 33 running backs, you know, like that type of thing. Um, and that can work, but it's just sort of, you know, it just doesn't always work out that way. Right. It could be this year, you could want five tight ends. Right. You know, I, and you know, I've heard people, you know, mention that and that's, that's a viable build, right? It is. And, and I'm just looking, I, I did pull up your roster from last year. Quarterback was Tom Brady. You had Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara in the backfield. The receivers were Devonte Adams, AJ Brown, Marquise Brown, Chase Claypool, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, tight end was Travis Kelsey, Matt Gay was the kicker, and the defense was indeed the Washington football team. So you had Kelsey last year um, over Gronkowski at tight end. Do you envision doing the same thing this year, or is it more likely given the situation that the Buccaneers have with no Antonio Brown and no Chris Godwin that you might include both these guys on your roster this year, Stephen? 
Yeah, I mean, I actually I had a I had a team this year that was flying, you know, with with that exact same combination. Um, and it wasn't like I was super high on Gronkowski coming in. It just kind of worked out that way. And I, I was looking at the lineup, and I'm like, wow, that's that's nice. I like that, you know. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that could definitely be, um, definitely be a possibility. I think. Um, I think both of them are, are are equally viable. I think I think Kelsey last year was just. He was so like on such a high last year. I don't think anything could have stopped him the way he was going. The way it was just, you could just see from their offense that it was, it was just funneling all towards him. You know, obviously in Hill, right? But you know, Hill had his, you know, his his, um, you know, his um, you know, his games where he went off. But um, you know, you know, you could just get a feel that that's what was happening. You know, with Kelsey, so you just don't get that feel this year. I feel like they're. I think there's probably some injuries there, number one. And it's not like you wouldn't take these guys, right? I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, they're like the two seed and they're a great team. But I think both of them have been hurt, Kelsey and Hill. So they're like, they've they changed their offense, right? It's They're doing a lot of this sort of like dump offs and like, you know, um, what is it, yak, yards after catch or something. So, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's viable. Yeah, and, and I think obviously Kelsey and Gronk are going to be popular players. I don't necessarily have a good handle when when you look at this competition. And you said, like, you know, one of the things that makes it great is it's so simple, right? It's it's simple to play, not easy to master. Um, And and I think one of the compelling teams this year is going to be the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. Um, There's been a lot of people. In fact, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour uh, this past week, we had – um, Brady David and, and Donnie Andrews on um, who won the football guys players championship this year, $500,000. And, and I asked them about wow. this too. And I think it was Brady said like, you know, I think that the Titans are one of the, the, the most fraudulent one seeds that we have seen in recent memory in the playoffs. And if that's, I mean, granted, you, you still got to get the, the team, right. But they, Steven, they have a lot of weird situations. So like you have Ryan Tannehill who's been hit or miss. You have AJ Brown and Julio Jones who, when they've been healthy, They've kind of been hit or miss. And then you have King Henry coming back. We haven't seen him in like two months or whatever it was. Um, and he's, I mean, are you, are you really going to lock into a guy like that as your lone Titan uh, who's missed so much time and hasn't seen the field since before his injury? So w- when you look at the, the Titans with all the, all the crazy things going on with them, how do you ascertain like who the correct guy is going to be on this roster? Yeah, I think, you know, I could see them and, you know, like, you you know, you had mentioned to me almost on some of your podcasts a few years ago, how you know, you'd been hearing, you know, kind of through different sources, how, you know, a lot of people thought San Francisco was the key piece, right? Because there was just yeah. so much, yep. you know, it was, it was multiple backs, they had multiple weapons, but I'm a little bit in disagreement with that on Tennessee, you know, on Tennessee, I, I tend to think they're a little better than people give them credit for. That's just kind of my kind of my mm-hmm. feeling whether or not that translates to fantasy or not. I don't know. Um, but you have like Tannehill, I think, you know, he kind of misses the game and, you know, you, you know, the first game and, you know, the upside isn't there, but, you know, also if you look at it, it's like the upside could be there because, you know, if God, you know, God forbid Julio ever started getting, you know, getting going and you have Brown and you have, you know, you have multiple backs, you have, you know, some backs out of the backfield. I, I don't know. I just think they, they just don't get any credit. And I just think they're, I mean, other than that secondary, they're, they're so well balanced, but I mean, you know, KC seems, you know, so elite, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, in my opinion, write them off, 
you know, as that, but, you know, watch, I'm sure they'll lose the first week. But, um, <laughs> well, d- this is interesting yeah. because w- when you're putting your lineups together for this competition, do you think about what most, you know, what the chalk's going to be, um, you know, when, when you're trying to may- maybe, um, so there's certain situations, and we'll get into this in a little bit. There's certain situations yeah. where I think that there's one player on, on certain teams that just stand out like, okay, I got to have this guy, obviously. But yeah. um, Tennessee's a little bit different. Do you think that most people will have Henry uh, on their roster as their Titans representative that would make you, again, like last year, Titans were in the playoffs, you took A.J. Brown over Derrick Henry. Um, do you think about that? How, how much do you think about what you think people are going to do when you choose your players? I do in some instances. It depends on sort of what mode I'm in. I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes I'm really thinking about that. And then other times I'm just, I'm kind of worried about myself because I'm, to me, I look at it. I don't know if it's just through playing golf. I look at it like I'm playing against myself, you know? Mm. Um, and right. Because you, you know, a lot of times you can just outthink yourself. Right. And that's, that's the number one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to outthink myself. I don't want to, you know, if 25 people are saying that, you know, Derrick Henry is going to, you know, play 17 games this year. And then I'm thinking, well, I think he's going to get hurt. You know, I think he might get hurt, but I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, those 25 people said that he wasn't going to get hurt. And then he goes down in week nine. Right. So what, what did, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, what did that listening do for me? And I'm, you know, I'm not saying it. I'm obviously I'm, you know, we all get lots of stuff wrong, but I do think about that a little bit, but I think it's in certain situations, right? It's got to be, you know, for the, for a certain team or certain, um, but you know, if he's going to go off, he's going to go off. And, and I, I want to have him on my team if he's going off, you know, I think that's kind of the way I look at it. Who is more likely to, well, I guess if one of these guys goes off, chances are the other one probably is too, but Green Bay Packers, number one seed in the NFC. Uh, does it come down to Rodgers or Adams for you? And I mean, how many, how much are you considering a guy like Jones or Dylan um, as, as you try to pinpoint the correct Packer to put on your roster here, Steven? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, um, that one I tend to think is a little more open-ended than people think. I mean, I think, um, you know, if they, you know, if they run the table and dominate, having one of those backs, you know, wouldn't be awful, but it's tough to go against, you know, like those first two, you know, you know, that you said, I mean, you see it every week, right. It's, uh, it's like a broken record. I mean, those two are nuts. Um, it's just like pitch and catch with those guys. I mean, how many times yeah. do you even see, I mean, I watched some games, he goes for like 185 yards. It looks like the two of them are like in a parking lot playing catch, you know? Yeah. And, and with no defense on the field, you know? Yeah. I think like, you yeah, know, I mean, like the thing, and, you know, and, and I said this as just um, to, to speak as a Packers fan here, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I think Rodgers and Adams will both be back in, in Green Bay, but I don't know. So, and I would just say this to everybody who is, you know, like you, like yourself, you're watching these guys, enjoy it while you can, because this might be the last we see of Rodgers and Adams um, in Green Bay or maybe elsewhere too. I don't know what's going to happen, but, but truly, yeah, it, it does seem like they are on a, a different level. And then I look at, you know, um, uh, who they could play in the second round, right? Um, as, as we're thinking about maybe Jones or Dylan would be a nice pivot um, from, from Adams and Rodgers. Well, they, they could get Aaron Donald in the divisional round. Or if the Niners bring the upset, think about that defensive line um, that the Niners could bring there too. And, and do you really want to go up against um, 
you know, that, that line with essentially a shared backfield guy, like half right. Aaron, Aaron Jones getting half the touches, uh, AJ Dillon's uh, half the touches. And, and so I don't know what's going to happen with that, which makes Rogers and Adams that much more lucrative. I think for me, if I'm, if I was to play in this contest, um, I want to, let's talk about the Niners a little bit because, and I've been saying this all week in conversations I've had with high stakes players and, and other people and, and pundits out there that, that uh, think that the Niners are going to beat the Cowboys in Dallas in the opening round. And if that were the case, then they would move on. And unless the Eagles do the unthinkable and beat the Bucks in Tampa, then the Niners would go to Lambeau to, to play the Packers there. Um, are you of the same mindset that, that um, you know, you should go big on, you know, get Debo Samuel, get George Kittle, get some of these other Niners on your roster and fading the Cowboys? How do you, how do you look at that game? Cause I'm assuming you, when, and, and I, and I should ask this right away. I'm assuming <clears throat> excuse me, when you put this together, when you put your lineups together, Stephen, are you filling out your playoff bracket and then worrying about players? I don't do that. I don't, I really just, um, I don't do that. I used to do that. I just don't do that anymore. Like fill it out. I just sort of um, kind of just go by feel. Um, okay. Yeah. Just like, just kind of like, okay, you know what I found if I did that, it just wasn't successful. Anything I've done like those, foolish NCAA pools. I, I've never did great. I spent <laughs> 10 bucks on them. I never, I used to sit there and like write it down in the paper. And I was just like, okay, I did awful in this. I picked all the nine seeds and five seeds because they upset and I chose the wrong nine and fives, you know? Uh, right. Um, yep. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I may look at some of that stuff, but I don't really get like too involved in it. Um, but I think the, uh, the Niners and Cowboys, man, that is like such a, you know, again, like you were saying a couple of years ago, a few years ago, that, that Niners, you know, game might be the key because they're so multiple, right? There's, you know, there's maybe what, like, Jesus, like five guys you could take, you know, you know, from them. I mean, even if you want to take Garoppolo, I mean, if you really thought, I mean, that's not very high percentage, but he's been playing pretty good. You just never know. Um, they look good. I, Boy, I'm not a Dallas fan, but man, they like their offense is unbelievable. I just I could never see them winning at all. Just I'll be mm-hmm. pretty honest with that. Um, yeah, yeah, like to me, like you know, you were saying the Tennessee. I, I look at Dallas as like a fraud, but they've been playing pretty good. You know, I just feel like the division they're in and everything is just kind of like not that great. Their offense though could you know you know they could put up 40 points and just win you know regardless. And and their defense has been good too. It's just. I don't know what it is about them. I just don't know if it's like the core players there is just, you know, has a certain mindset or it's the coaching, you know, like, you know, you saw McCarthy and so I don't trust McCarthy either to get through the maze. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I could see the Niners definitely doing that. Um, you know, kind of going in there and winning. They, they look like a team on the rise, you know, they do, um, and and I think that's going to be maybe well that game in the I think I think the Monday night game with the Cardinals and Rams is going to be really entertaining as well. Um, I, they're all going to be yep. great. Uh, let's face it; it's it's yep. the NFL playoffs, of course. Um, <clears throat> yeah. If you are if you're looking at running backs um, in in plugging in a minimum of two running back slots in the world famous FFPC playoff challenge, do you have to? I mean, if you're not a three down back. Are, are you just right out? Like you cannot play them. I, I think about a guy like AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones, which I guess technically they're both three down backs, but they, they rotate in different series throughout the game. Um, and sometimes they're on the field together, yep. but I, I mean, how much do you consider a guy who's, 
you know, maybe a first and second down guy, or maybe just like a third down guy, like a Tony Pollard type guy, how much do you consider them in, you know, wanting to be different than other teams, but also wanting to be competitive as well? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're talking about the stud, like, you know, kind of, you know, you know, multiple faceted backs, right. You know, those are the ones, you know, that you really want. Um, you know, and, and I'm not averse to taking just like a running back that, um, you know, that's just, you know, kind of an early down back, just, you know, if, um, you know, somebody like who I had on my team last year, like Chubb, that's what everybody was off of. And it's just, you know, you look at a guy like that and he's got the talent, right. And some of these guys, I think they, some guys step up in big games that you, you know, could never see coming. Like a guy like Dylan, like he played here right down the street from me, probably like 10 minutes away, um, 15 minutes away. And I mean, he was a monster. I mean, he was, he was huge and he had breakaway speed. It doesn't look like he's, he's got that yet. He just doesn't seem like, he seems like he's still kind of getting used to, used to the NFL a little bit, although he's probably there by now. Um, Just a different game, you know, but he, I mean, he was, he was a monster and he even had breakaway speed. I still think he has some of that in him, you know? Um, So you just never know whatever the game script is, you know, say they go up, they're up 20, nothing. And then you get a guy like that and you could just go crazy, you know? And then you got, you know, you know, somebody who, um, you know, not, not many people have, right. I mean, you know, like we were saying, it's not, it's not high percentage, but um, you know, some of those guys I think can pay off, right. It's just, just has to be on the right team and the right path, I guess, you know? Um, okay. The, let, let's talk about a few of those guys here. You touched on this earlier in the show, Steven, a lot of teams focus on being too chalky and a lot of teams focus on being too crazy, um, with, with their picks. It's, you got to find the right blend, the right mixture, um, and, and the right amount of those long shots peppered in with a, a stable of, you know, quote unquote, chalky plays. Yep. How many wild cards, how many long shots do you normally take? Because I look at your roster last year. Um, th- those were all dominant guys. Like there, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, like we said this earlier too, like when, when you were on the HSFF hour after you won this last year and Farrell and I both commented, like, this does not look like a $500,000 team. It looks like a great team, but where's the spike guy? You know, where's, where's the guy that nobody else had? You just had a really, really good team. So how many times do you like to mix in like a long shot type player? Because on this team last year, I don't really see any. I do do that, you know, and some of my other ones, I think I had some like that, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I probably, you know, and this is kind of weird because I don't know if you do this when you enter the teams and you look and you say, okay, I have four teams and, oh, I know I took one, you know, let's make up a random. I took one Kendrick Bourne, right? And I'm saying to myself, and I look back and I, out of the four, I took three of them, you know what I'm saying to myself? what am I doing? I would just, I thought I only took them <laughs> once. I have them three times, right? Have you ever done that before and stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Entered like sure. multiple entries. Um, yeah. Yeah. You sort of lose track. Of, you sort of lose track of what you're, um, what you're doing and, you know, you fall into this sort of like a, you know, it's, it's like a little bit of a trap. So I think I tend to just think of myself as like a, someone who will take those chances, but then I bet if I looked back, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, like that I got, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, no, I don't like that. Let me just take this. And then it's it's a little more conservative. But in your mind, you think you're being like, you know, kind of going out on a limb, right? So um, I probably intend to go probably a little more conservative, I would guess. That's just a guess, though. Um, all right. So let's let's wrap this up here. 
um, and, and, and we're going to get some real insight here from you, hopefully. Uh, a player, Stephen, <laughs> that, that you really want to have on your playoff entries this year, a guy that, that is probably going to be on most of them or, or, or a shark guy. Like, let's put it this way. Um, a player that you think could be a real difference maker, a real needle mover in this contest. Um, so you're going to have him on your teams. And then a player that, look, there's, I don't like the team. I don't think they're going to go very far. I don't like this guy's output. A guy that a lot of people are on or that you think a lot of people will be on that you're completely fading. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start with the latter first. And I heard someone saying that they think that people have a lot of this guy because they think people are on all the other players on that team. But I'll have no – I probably won't have one Ezekiel Elliott. Not one. Um, I don't know if that's considered shock or not. It's shock to some people. I hear people talk about him like he's, you know, know, the best running back ever, you know, in history. Um, So, yeah, I won't – I won't have any of Zeke Elliott at all. Um, Just because of there's other weapons there. Um, Trying to think of someone else who I wouldn't – I think Kittle probably worries me a little bit just – I mean, well, you know, and then there's obviously this other thing that I talked about, you know, the other day was COVID, right? So, geez, you worry about COVID now, but I was thinking about Kittle worrying about him getting injured, right? He seems to be out of, you know, he plays for a quarter, gets 80 yards, and then he's gone. He's limping off the field. And right. He's done. Yep. Um, you know, and I've, I've had some success with him in some of my prior wins, earlier wins, and then, but I'm just, I'm finding now it's just like a, those guys are tough, right? I mean, yeah, they can go off and do great. He did well towards the end of the year. And then and then all of a sudden he's fading. I just don't know. Like, I think they even said when they drafted him, they said, you know, we love him, but we're, you know, we worry about keeping him healthy. I think Shanahan even said that, you know. So those would be two and, guys I wouldn't, you know. And I, and I totally get it. It makes perfect sense um, why, why you'd want to fade those guys. Um, and then – so I, I guess the other thing too, like here as and I hesitate to use the word stud because there's gonna be so many studs on everybody's team, but yeah. maybe there's a guy that that in I don't know how much you want to you know let the people know how the sausage is made here, but yeah. a guy that 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 you think that like look bulky I I really like this guy I don't want people knowing about it but because I love you and your podcast. I will tell you that I will have this guy rostered on a bunch of my teams and to try to go back to back to win this 500 K. We know it won't be Elliot. We know it won't be Kittle. Who might it be Steven? Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, risky though, but, um, right. Right. It is. I was thinking about Waller maybe, you know, and that's like very risky though. I mean, right. He, you know, he's got this it band thing. I don't even know what that means. I looked at it a couple of times. (laughs) I have an idea what it means, but, um. Yeah, you just never know. They get into a shootout. They're down, and you know they use him like crazy, right? I don't know. Maybe they win, and he's going on, right? So, to me, that's a guy. I don't think. I think a lot of people would shy away from him too. You know, just because. Of yeah. That. Um. So that's something I've been thinking. I haven't really fully thought it out, really. But that's 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 definitely one guy I think is, and I think a lot of people would kind of understand that, right? I mean. But that is kind of a take, you know. That definitely it's kind of yeah. going out on a little bit of a limb because they have some other players who could really be 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 good too as well. Um, so, well, Hunter Renfro, obviously, there's gonna be a ton of people that have him. I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah, he's been 
he's always been a, a great receiver, you know, like even in, like I, I had him some years and I was wondering like, Oh my God, why aren't they using this guy? You know, and you heard all the pedigree in college and everything. And there I'd see some games. He had like one catch for seven. I'm like, how is this even possible? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it's, yeah. So I'd say him. And then, you know, it kind of talked about this on a, on a different series where, um, what about the guys that are hurt? Like the running backs, like you had mentioned, you know, like, what about like Henry? What about like CEH even? Like, I don't know. Like I, I mean that, you know, that's a guy, you know, he could go, he could go nuts if he's healthy, you know I mean? Right. Um, so you have that, you know, you have these running backs that are coming back and some of these players that have been injured that are coming back. So you have that, that I think a lot of people don't really remember those when they're putting their team in, right. They just sort of are like, yeah, well, he's hurt and, oh, he's going to be hurt, you know, and they're not, yeah. They're not really up to speed on kind of where, you know, where the, you know, the injury path has taken. Um, so I think there's that. And, um, you know, and then there's obviously like COVID, right? Like it's, I mean, some of these teams, I I could have a great team. I'm sitting in 20th place before the Super Bowl. And then, no, I'm not going to say anything about your team again. I'm not going to do that again. I was just about to, I won't do that to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, what if the Patriots are in the Super Bowl? And, you know, Damian Harris gets COVID and I have him, right? And then yeah. you're done. You're done. So that's that's tough. And I know that's why people are, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think the nice thing is that at least you'll be able to kind of the first round kind of feel out, you know, if people have it or they don't. And then you just hope that, you know, it cuts down to like, what is it, eight teams? And you hope that, you know, you kind of get through the first week and then, I would think most of the other guys, they'll probably be quarantined pretty well the last couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, COVID just th throws another wrinkle into this contest. And, and like I said, we talked about it super simple to play, but when you consider all the factors, it, it can be maddening just dumping in a lineup, right? But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great postseason, And uh, you're going to try to make a two for two back to back years, 500 K in the world famous <laughs> FFPC playoff challenge. Steven Rannigan, thank you so much for your time. This week, I appreciate your insight. Good luck to you in, in the playoffs. And and uh, we'll do this again real soon, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. You know, like I said, it's always a pleasure. Just, you know, people are on the fence about playing. It's, um, you know, myffbc.com. Great contest. Um, it's the type of contest I think, you you know, you just got in it. You played one. I, I actually referred a couple of people last year, and they were talking to me months ahead. They're like, oh, I'm going to do that one, that contest that you told me to get into. So, you know, and they it was like right on the top of their – right on the top of their head. So great contest. And, you know, I mean, you guys know that obviously, and I, I, you know, I hear it being advertised a lot. So you guys are doing an awesome job. It's a great contest. And like you said, COVID happens, whatever, it's still going to be fun, right? That's what it's all about. You just have a little bit of yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like we, we had COVID issues all season long, still a great fantasy season, a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again next year. Exactly. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.